You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with Maddie Mullins of Memphis Mayfire from Baltimore Soundstage. Let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. This is Jackie and I am here with my pal Maddie Mullins of Memphis Mayfire. We are just outside Baltimore Soundstage. Um, but as I was talking off camera, our very first interview, and I actually had to like research the date, was August 2011. 11. 2000, so wow. we're going back. Um, All-Star Tour at Sonar, not too far from oh, here. yeah. No longer open, but you guys were playing pretty early. I think yeah. one of the first uh, first bands, because it was a really, really long time 2011, ago. 2011, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy. This is also... Um, our 11th interview. So we have talked a bunch of times. Wow. And so to make sure I'm a- asking new questions, I had to kind of look through yeah, everything we've Yeah, we've it's all been asked at this point. <laughs> it hasn't though, no, okay. so we're good. So we're all good. Right. So thinking about um, that tour um, back, way back in 2011, what advice would you give the younger Maddie if you could? Don't give up, you know? Um, don't read internet comments. When you create art, you know? create something that you're proud of and put it out there. And if people are into it, that's cool. And if they're not, you've got something that you can hold on to for the rest of your life. And, um, it's never been for us. It's never been about people pleasing. It's always been about creating what we're passionate about in the moment and, um, going out and sharing it with the world. So, uh, you know, work hard and don't give up. I would think not reading the internet comments is really good advice for absolutely everyone, not just someone in a band. So yeah. I, I think that that's oh, a, for sure. very important. For sure, yeah. As I mentioned, this is our 11th interview, the most I've ever talked to a single band. Sorry, Dance Gavin Dance, you're now second place <laughs> until the next album cycle, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I, I think about it, you've gone from small youth center performances mm-hmm. um, when I first started interviewing you in Sonar to Warp Tour to touring the world. So in what ways do you think the band has evolved over those years in order to get to where it is now? I don't know. I mean, I, we, we've, we've evolved in so many different ways, but I would say, you know, just personal growth over time. You learn something every day. You know, I mean, doing Warp Tour was so valuable. Um, just the grind of it, like, really made us a hard, hard working band, you know, and just being thankful for things on a daily basis. Um, when you're really young and you have something quick happen that was rad, it's really easy to take it for granted, you know? And so the older we get, um, I think that it's just every day is a blessing and every day we wake up and we feel thankful to be here. Um, but yeah, you take it one day at a time and you work as hard as you can and you write music that you love and then the rest, you know, works itself out. Speaking of music that you love, last Friday you released your sixth studio album, yeah. Broken. How is it either sonically or lyrically different from, let's say, Sleepwalking? Super different. Um, man, I was 18 when I wrote Sleepwalking. <laughs> so I think that from Sleepwalking to the Between the Lies EP to the Hollow to Challenger, everything, everything's been wildly different. And it's just always just been, you know, us growing as a band, us 
evolving and, and having new influences that, you know, cause us to, to write slightly differently and um, new things that we're passionate about. And so, yeah, it's wild to look back on it. Six full length albums is so weird. You know, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. In every single way, we've evolved in every way. We're just, I would say, completely different than we were then, but still the same guys at heart. So, you know, we're not going to change the name. So how do you go about choosing a set list then that allows fans to hear the songs they really want to hear, but also so it flows and kind of makes sense? So we've been touring for 10 years and um, we all like understand each other's personalities really well. We know what pushes each other's buttons and we know like what to avoid doing and avoid saying and things like that, just so we can coexist out here really well. But every time it's time to make a set list, it is a massive argument. It's crazy. And, and like, rightfully so. You know what I mean? There's so many songs to choose from. And, um, you know, it's pretty much gotten to the point where we're like, all right, let's just let's play uh, every song we have a music video for. Because, it's, you know what I mean? Like, what are we going to do? It's crazy. I mean, there's always going to be those people in the crowd that want to hear a song or two off of Sleepwalking. But there's a whole rest of the crowd that has never heard that record, you know, that found out about, out of us uh, later in life. And, and they wouldn't connect to it. So... We have to keep the whole crowd in mind, try to play something from every record, try to play songs we know people love and that they want to hear. And, you know, if we're lucky, incorporate a new song or two. You know? <laughs> Slip it in there. Uh, Nate, talking about kind of the evolution of the sound of the new album as well. You know, you've been you've always been a really positive person, um, someone who's really kind of lifted up spirits and, and focused on the hopeful aspects. So what was it like to be so honest and raw on the new album? Well, that's the thing. I'm so glad you asked me that. Um, no one's asked me that in, a, in an interview yet. The thing is, is that for our past two records, for This Lot I Hold and Unconditional, right? When I was writing Unconditional, I was in an awful season of my life. Um, it was amazing and awful at the same time. I was struggling with anxiety and depression. I had no idea what it was or why it was happening to me. And I felt like killing myself every day. So all I could think about was either A, this is what it's like to have a panic attack or B, man, I really hope God shows up and takes this away. That was where my, that was what my mindset was, you know? And so coming out of that, you know, I always felt like, man, now I know how awful it is to feel like that. I'm doing my fans a disjust. I'm, I'm doing, I'm not doing them a service if, if I'm not writing about hope. If I, you know, like I have to constantly be offering our fan base, hope, hope, hope. And when it was time to do this new record, I felt God say to me, remember when you were having panic attacks, the thing that made you feel better was not somebody saying, Hey, it's going to be okay. Or, Hey, like life gets better. It was somebody saying, I know what it's like. I know how that feels. That sucks. I'm so sorry. And it made you, it made me realize that I wasn't alone. It made me realize that, that I wasn't going crazy because somebody else understood, you know? And so I think that feeling like you're not alone in your struggles is the first step to healing. You know, and so it was a really eye-opening thing for me. You know, I don't think that every song has to be about hope. It doesn't have to be about the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that the songs just need to be honest, you know? And um, so this record, it's called Broken. It's about just the beauty and the brokenness. Obviously, going through a tough season is really hard. But when you realize that there's people out there that understand, that are there for you, that love you, that care for you, and want to see you get out on the other side, um, it makes going through it worth it. And scar tissue is thicker than skin, you know? And uh, when we get to the other end of our struggles, we become a better, stronger version of ourselves. So yeah, the, the, the lyrical content on this record is wildly different from the past two records, but I hope that people find comfort in the songs, comfort in just knowing that somebody knows what it's like. 
So I think you need that. I think you need to feel heard before you can even think about hearing about totally. like that. That is still important and valid, but totally down the road. Totally. Yeah. And I think that every season that the band has been in and every record that we've written has been important in one way or another for, for us. Um, but right now what I'm learning, cause every, I grew up in the spotlight, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, here's what I'm thinking about. I hope you guys like it. You know what I mean? So right now what I'm learning is that maybe, maybe we don't need to jump straight to the healing. Maybe we just need to go through the process together. You know, doing the listening is important. Too. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, the first single, the old me, uh, some fans I was reading online, I thought that it was more of a reference to how your sound has changed, not to what you're sort of going through That's personally. Funny. I thought that was an interesting take on things. Yeah. Um, but how do you rectify, um, you know, I wouldn't say it, uh, the sound has changed so much that you're like, that, that it's a change. I would say it's an evolution, but mm. how, how do you rectify that with fans that are like, I just want sleepwalking 2.0. Totally. Yeah. Here's the thing. This record is wildly different than any record that we've ever put out, you know? Um, so we knew there was going to be some backlash that comes along with that. But like I said earlier, like, we don't care, you know? Like, we want to create art that we're proud of, that we're excited about in this season. Otherwise, it's grueling to go back out on the road for two years straight and play songs that you just wrote for somebody else, you know? Um, I am friends with the guys in the Under Oath, so I know if they see this, they, they won't get mad. But I think their new record is killer but I will always prefer They're Only Chasing Safety because that's the songs that I connected to when I was 16 and I got my driver's license for the first time and I was rolling around in my car with my girlfriend who's now my wife, you know, and we were just like listening to music and experiencing it and it was so awesome. And so I have this emotional connection to that record that no matter what they create, they will never be able to recreate that for me, you know? So even if we wrote The Hollow again, with different lyrics or whatever, people would just be like, oh, you know, another Memphis record. It wouldn't give them the feeling that they got when that record first came out. I think that Broken is a record that's going to introduce our band to a whole different group of people. And I'm hoping that this record will give that to those people, you know, to this record will be the record that they connect to on, on that level. And then, you know, seven years from now, they'll be like, man, I wish you'd write another record like Broken. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not angry at anybody that doesn't like this record because they prefer our older stuff. That's totally okay. At the end of the day, I wrote those records too. Right. You know? and, and I'll be playing those songs live. The band and I obviously will be playing those songs live for the rest of our career. You'll never come out and see Memphis and not hear the center. You know what I mean? Um, but it was time for something new and fresh and exciting for us. And we're proud of it. And we're excited about it. I love that you mentioned Under Oath because over the summer I spoke with Aaron about the new album. And yeah. he basically said what you said. I don't care. We're, we, we can't possibly make a second version of that album. Totally. If you love that album, go listen to that album. Totally. And enjoy it. Totally. But we're going to enjoy playing this one too. Totally. Yeah. As a right on track. It's totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how much of the new album is autobiographical? Um, I would say about 50, 50. There's obviously on every Memphis record that we've ever done um, songs about things that I've just observed that I know needed to be talked about, whether it be somebody distant or somebody close with family or friends or whatever. Uh, but yeah, probably about 50-50. There's a song called You and Me on the record, um, and it's obviously like a very sad relationship song. I'm excited about that song. I think that people um, often, when they're in a poisonous relationship, 
feel like they need to stick around because they're scared to find somebody else or, you know, they, they, there's too much chemistry with the person you're with, but it's abusive and you really do need to get away from it. I want to write that song as just an empowering song for anybody that's in a poisonous relationship that needs to walk away, you know, um, that needs to enter into a new season. Uh, but a lot of people are like, dude, what happened to you and Brittany? And I'm just like, dude, I, uh, my wife and I's relationship is not, um, it doesn't make for good rock material. You know I mean, I mean? here is a song. I think it's pretty great. Yeah. So you're good. You're good. You've checked, you've checked that box. Like, totally. Yeah. Amazing song with, about my wife totally can't can't write miles away again but yeah that was um you know that i think that that song along with a lot of others on on the the record there's a song called fool i had this vision this vivid vision of a soldier coming home from war and having served our country and have been away from his family and and come home to a family that had walked away from him to a wife that wouldn't wait um and me traveling so much it's like i can only imagine the pain you know um so that song i know will relate to a lot of people that that that's happened to you know and so um there's songs like that that obviously are not very specific to me uh but songs that i do think people need so so is it cathartic or difficult to perform those songs that are more about about your personal experiences there's some nights when i'm numb you know like some nights when like i can get through a whole set and i didn't feel a single thing you know and i don't think that that's something i can control necessarily mm-hmm. i think that what where you know whatever my day was like whatever season i'm in in life or whatever i'm really emotional like today we're in um where are we today we're in baltimore, baltimore. I, almost no, said, I, I was stuck in uh, traffic i almost don't know where i am either. i almost said okay. boston i'm sorry um it's I was, cold enough like boston you're fine yeah i was over um by the harbor and there was like this music playing in the distance and i was looking out on the water and the sun was like shining on the water and it was looked like diamonds and i was just like about to start crying i was like whoa i was like There must be, I'm like in the season of where I know I need to nurture my mental health. You know, it was like a big part of my recovery from anxiety and depression and everything. So I was like, man, I mean, I wonder what that's rooted in. It's kind of like where I go now. Um, So maybe tonight when I'm on stage, like we'll play No Ordinary Love and uh, I'll tingle and I might start crying. I mean, like those songs sometimes can really just like sideswipe me out of nowhere and and I'll feel it again. Um, And then there's other nights where maybe everything's just kind of kosher and everything's fine and there's nothing really like that has me on an emotional high or emotional low and I'll just kind of glide through the set and perform for people you know that's an honest answer it's different it's different every night I really want to see also the comments when people realize you're talking about the Baltimore Harbor which has never in my life been described like picturesque like diamonds I love it it's I mean it must have just been the the way that the sun was hitting it and I mean the music in the background I was like not emotional I walked up to it and I just like felt I was like whoa you know and so anyways yeah I would t- take that. Yeah, Absolutely. no, it was cool. It was a cool moment. So you've been open about um, utilizing faith-based therapy. How is that different than um, other forms of talk therapy? You know, I've been open about my own experience with faith-based therapy. Faith-based therapy, um, but my opinion would be regardless of what you believe, um, whether you're a Christian or a Buddhist or an atheist or whatever, find therapy that does work for you. Um, I would never tell someone that didn't believe like go to faith-based therapy, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's not going to mean the same thing to to them. Um, I'm just a huge advocate for therapy period. Um, I think that as human beings, the way that we're wired is to communicate with our friends and our family. And sometimes with a safe person that we can just tell everything to, um, somebody that really understands how to dig those deeply rooted issues that you just don't even know where they're coming from, um, out. And so that they can be solved, you know, so huge advocate for therapy. Um, yeah. And 2018 has been 
quite a ride, quite a roller coaster for many of us. And we're approaching the holiday season, which can also be kind of stressful for many of us, myself included. Totally. What music do you listen to when times get tough? Because I know for me, like sometimes just putting in a certain CD or turning on the radio, like either either it's a form of escapism or it's just something to like refocus your energy. What what sort of what sort of music do you put on? Uh, podcasts. Okay, that's <laughs> like, fine. I've been getting really into like comedy podcasts and stuff, especially when we're like on long drives and everything. Like, I'm just I get into that. But um, music wise, you know, I've got so many friends that pursue music, not only in this world but in every other like facet of, of, of you know like country and Christian music and you know just straight pop or hip hop or whatever. And so I'm always just kind of exploring what's new and and exciting. And um, so yeah, there's like there's always so much new that's coming out that I'm connected to that I never really have a chance to go and revisit albums that I, I loved from when I was younger. Uh, but if I was going to, you know, Blindside, anything from Blindside, I would listen to nice. forever. And you guys have played Warped Tour a bunch of times and I kind of lost track and having covered Warped for the past 10 years, I kind of think we're getting better. I don't think we'll ever get, I don't think there is a, a pinnacle where we can say we're good, but I think we've gotten better at providing kids and young people with information about mental health issues and we're talking about it more. Um, do you think that we're, we're sort of getting to a point where it's more mainstream or a little bit more acceptable or what can we do to, to even go a little bit better? I think that where we're at right now is that talking about it, like talking about hoping that it gets to the point that we want it at is sure. now acceptable. It's yeah. acceptable to talk about where we want it to be. Whereas, you know, in the past we're like, you know, like mental health, you know, you must be crazy. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing is, is that what's wild is how many people are struggling with mental health issues. The term mental health, there's a stigma around that, right? Like you think about like a wire padded room and you're like, you know, punching the walls and saying crazy stuff. You know, it's like nothing like that at all. Uh, mental health is something that everybody needs to focus on, that everybody needs to work on. Um, I mean, I talk to so many people from different walks of life, businessmen and artists and, you know, single mothers and, all, you know, everybody that I talk to is like experience it on some level, anxiety, depression, whatever, on some level and needs to talk about it, you know? And so, you know, when you break your leg, you don't, you don't need to talk about it. I think that for physical health, I think we're in a pretty good spot. We don't need to, you know, there doesn't need to be podcasts about that or whatever, but for mental health, you know, I think there's no, there's no amount of talking about it. That's too much at this point. I think whatever we can do to not only talk about it, to spread awareness, but to like, look somebody in the eyes and be like, be honest with me, tell me what's going on and to care and to listen about their story. And, and, and just, you don't have to have answers, but just say like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. That's tough. Even that is so much. Um, and so, you know, it needs to get better. It needs to get better, but you're right. We, we are definitely now versus however long ago, we're definitely making more of an effort. And I think making the headway for sure. We're getting there. The holidays are coming up. I hope you get to go home soon. Yeah. As, no, but no? yeah, it would be oh, cool. Man. <laughs> it would no, be cool. no turkey tomorrow. My, my wife's going to fly out today, actually okay. to Boston. I'm kidding. Boston. <laughs> um, and, uh, and she's gonna, she's gonna, we're going to do Thanksgiving, like whole band, like almost everybody has their girls out now. And so we'll do like a big, like, you know, family Thanksgiving family. out on the road. So what's up next for Memphis Mayfire after this tour with the, with the trio? You know, this tour has just been incredible. I mean, it's been unreal. So many massive shows and just like the reaction every night has been amazing. Um, so I feel like we're really tackling America right now. Um, have to focus on international next, you know, early 2019, stuff like that's going to be mostly international markets, except for we did just announce February 2nd, 
we are playing with Story of the Year in St. Louis. Very it's cool. like their hometown show they do like once a year or whatever, and I'm super stoked about that. Big Story of the Year fan, so. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for much more from Memphis Mayfire. This is Jackie. Thanks to Substream Magazine. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.